Well, hey there, travelers. Welcome to another episode of Along the Darkened Road with Ricky Glore. Ricky is a writer, comedian, and filmmaker. His horror film, All Your Friends Are Dead, is set to come out by 2022's end. While he's catching some window time, I get to pick his brain about horror movies with questions like this. John Carpenter's Twitter handle is the Horror Master. Is that true? I would venture to say John Carpenter doesn't run his own social media accounts. I mean, I know he plays video games, like, maybe he does. I would say if they put, like, the Master of Horror, someone else put that. I mean, they're all called... He's part of the club of the Masters of Horror that, um... Nick Garris and... Toby Hooper and Don Coscarelli, Wes Craven, and all of them. Ron, Don, uh, Joe Dante, Ron Dante. Ron Dante was the singer of the uh, fictitious band The Archies. Joe Dante, who directed Gremlins. Um, they used to have these dinners where they called themselves the Masters of Horror, or they were dubbed the Masters of Horror. And so I, I think that's probably where that comes from. But dissecting John Carpenter's career, like, I, I can't take anything away from him. Um, and it shouldn't be. He was so prolific in the genre with just a handful of movies with Halloween and The Thing and really if that was it I, I'm i not a big fan of I, I don't care for The Fog um, I'm not a big fan of Prince of Darkness um, I think he had what happens to a lot of directors when you reach a certain age uh stops being as inventive. Uh, I know he got sidelined a little bit by The Thing being his first studio movie and being a very big budgeted movie and it not doing well when it came out, going up against E.T. People that year didn't want a scary alien movie. They wanted a cute, cuddly movie. And But The Thing, over the test of time, has, has really stood up and has mentioned kind of in the pantheons of great horror science fiction like Alien, um, and obviously Halloween. There isn't a conversation that when people talk about horror movies that they don't mention Halloween and how influential it was. Uh, he is held in, I want to say he is more talked about now in the horror genre like Alfred Hitchcock was maybe 30 years ago. Now, Hitchcock is definitely still mentioned for Psycho. But John Carpenter and Halloween has really exploded in the last 25 years because they believe he is the... He, he, he perfected the template of the person in a mask and suburbia thrills and chills scary movie. Um, for me... The person, I actually think John Carpenter transcended the horror genre more than almost any director had and didn't get as pigeon-held by it because then you have these other action movies like Assault on Precinct 13, which I know came out before Halloween, so it's how he was able to escape, you know, the, the pigeon-holding of um, the horror genre. But then he has Escape from New York, um... And I think he equally, Big Trouble, Little China, 
was able to do other inventive things as a filmmaker. So for me, he's not the horror master that some would perceive him to be. You know, I mean, I think he's given a lot of kudos, too, because he not only directed and co-wrote Halloween, he also scored it. So he was a part of a lot of the, no pun intended, shape and feel of that movie. And so when you're thinking of an auteur who's really curating what you saw and what you felt, a lot of credit is given to John Carpenter because he had his hands in so many of the developmental processes of that movie and what that movie is remembered for. Um, the movie also had a, a great team of producers and the acting was phenomenal and the editing was phenomenal. That final shot where we're seeing all the houses being empty at the end, that wasn't part of the script, that wasn't part of the movie. The editors were like, oh, maybe we could show all of the aftermaths Aftermath. Aftermath? Aftermath? I'm not sure. Um, and they rolled clips before they had yelled action on other scenes and made a montage of all these houses being empty that Michael had gone through. And so the production of that movie, just a lot of things worked for it to be the classic that it is today. Um, Deborah Hill, who they say wrote the richness of the female characters, which also stands out in that movie above a lot of others. Um, it's a big reason why that movie is what it is. But again, it was that collaborative effort that really came together and pulled off something that stands the test of time. Because um, of how genuine it feels of the relationships of the, the girls and the town and just all of it. Um, but yeah, Horror Master for me, again, it's the biasy of Loving a Nightmare on Elm Street and his other work. I think for the amount of his work that spanned more decades, I would say Wes Craven. You have, starting in the beginning of the 70s, you have Last House on the left, regardless of what you feel of it. It's, it's not a faultless movie. Um, it, it's very indie, and it's pretty gnarly of a movie. And it's the first introduction of Wes Craven and his booby trap, his love of booby traps. Um, you have him starting off the 70s with Last House. You have him ending the 70s with The Hills Have Eyes. You have uh, a slew of other Wes Craven horror movies that don't necessarily work, kind of like John Carpenter and The Fog, in my opinion, or Prince of Darkness. Wes Craven's got plenty of those as well, but then you have A Nightmare on Elm Street, which... I think like Halloween, if you're a true horror nerd, you know that Halloween was not the first slasher movie. Like I said, there was Peeping Tom in the 60s. There was uh, 1960 that came out right before Psycho. There's Psycho. And then there's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the beginning of the 70s. There's already been Last House on the left. Um, there's already been a faceless killer in um, Black Christmas. Um, you already have The Severed Arm, which is kind of a faceless killer slasher movie that even comes out before Black Christmas. You have a lot of movies that had happened, but Halloween got into bigger theaters and was done masterfully. And is the one that popped from that 
and then had a bunch of imitators where I feel like Wes with 1984's Nightmare on Elm Street does the same kind of thing with Elm Street. Now, I don't think the acting is as good as Elm, in Elm Street. Uh, I don't think it's as top to bottom as solid. There are some weaker performances or some more, should I say, genre-specific performances. But I think it revitalized the kind of masked holiday slasher movies that were getting churned out every year from 1980 to 1989 and really brought an inventiveness creativity that expanded the world of horror and things like Hellraiser could be made after that um, and, and countless others. And I mean, there's plenty of imitators of Elm Street as well. So Wes Craven, and then you have Elm Street, and then you have The Serpent and the Rainbow. You have People Under the Stairs, and then you have Scream, the Scream franchise. I think if you go through, he was the one that could break through, at least with one horror movie, in every decade that he was active. And that is extremely hard to do for an aging director, especially in the horror genre. So, yeah, John Carpenter, sure, master of horror. He masterfully did two of the best horror movies of all time, in my opinion, which are Halloween and The Thing. But if I had to give someone a leg up, I would give it to Wes Craven. Well, what do you think, travelers? I'm sure Ricky would like you to connect with him on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, at Ricky Glore. Until then... <laughs> Stay scared. <laughs>